This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Do you want to change the world? Start by saying thank you. Seriously, a quick thank you note or a simple statement of appreciation from one person to another can be that lead domino that unleashes a chain of gratitude that impacts the lives of multiple people. Our interview today is the first in a new series featuring the One Thing's Best of Habits episodes. Before we get into what habits have to do with gratitude, let us talk about our next 66-day challenge. On July 29th, our Living Your One Thing community is launching our third community-wide 66-day challenge of 2020 to form habits together. We know the path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. And when you choose to form a habit around that one thing, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary which is why we invite you to pause this episode and open a browser and go to theonething.com slash habits to learn more about what it looks like for us to lock arms with you on your next 66-day challenge. Again, that's theonething.com with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash habits. Still, the path to forming life-changing habits is not easy because changing your behavior is hard. That is if you do it by yourself. When you form habits with a community of people that support you, so much more becomes possible. The truth is, folks, you're only one habit away from unleashing something extraordinary in your life. And as you consider which habit you should tackle next, we want to bring you these episodes from people whose lives have been transformed on accounts of the habits that they chose to establish. And that brings us to gratitude. Today, you'll hear from a man who began a movement called the Mr. Thank You Project. It started with the idea that small acts of gratitude add up and can change the world. They operate with a simple objective to help you make gratitude a habit, not just about writing it down in a journal or thinking happy thoughts, but by living gratitude as an expression in your life. We know this episode will bring value to you. So let's get into it with John Israel, AKA Mr. Thank You. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Bring us back to when you first came across the book. What was going on in your life and what were your thoughts when you read it? Yeah, so I first came across the book in 2015. And uh, way, way back then, I was uh, one of the top Cutco closing gift reps in the country. So um, those people who don't know what that is. So I, I worked in the real estate space and essentially I, I helped people say thank you for a living in the corporate gifting world. And I was really just looking for 
you know, just deeper meaning in everything that I, in what I was doing. And when I picked up the book, it came recommended by a lot of friends. And I just loved the simplicity of it. And I, I can get easily distracted. And so when I picked up that book, it helped me start to uh, line the dominoes up to have a big impact, but start with something really small. That one thing ended up becoming the Mr. Thank You Project, which how did that all start and what does it mean? Yeah, so the Mr. Thank You Project started, you know, kind of we have these moments in life uh, when we look back in our past and we can see an experience that was very foretelling of the future, right? And for me, that was back when I was a 19 year old college student uh, selling Cutco knives house to house uh, back in San Diego, California, where I'm from. And it, it came out of a really unique experience where I had sat down with this woman named Cynthia and, and she let me into her home and let me do my Cutco presentation for, you know, people who don't know what that is. It's a, you know, knife company. And, and she was a nice lady. She let me uh, do my presentation. She wound up buying a modest order uh, of our product. But what I really enjoyed about her, for any of you guys who are in business, is that client you just really connect with. And I just didn't even care how much she bought. I just really enjoyed getting to meet her as a customer. Now, what happened though, uh, Jeff, was that 24 hours after meeting Cynthia, she calls me to cancel her order. And I was really blown away because no one had ever canceled anything on me in my life at that point. So I kind of didn't know what to do or say. And she just asked me to cancel the order. And, and I said, okay. And it, it, was, it took a couple of days, but I kept thinking about her. And I was, still, I was just bothered by the fact that she had canceled her order. And I didn't know why. And I remember, I, I can't tell you why I did this, Jeff, but I went to my mom's desk and I grabbed some stationery and I decided to write Cynthia a thank you card. And uh, I said something to the effect of, uh, you know, dear Cynthia, uh, I just wanted to reach out and say thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me the other day. You know, you opened up your, your life and told me about your kids and your family and... Uh, I just really enjoyed getting to meet who you were as a person. And I know right now is not the time for you to place an order for any Cutco knives, but I just want to let you know that um, I'm always here for you if you ever need anything and uh, take care. God bless. So I, I sent the note in the mail and you know it was kind of interesting, Jeff. So immediately I started to feel better. Like that, all that stress, that, and that pressure, that uh, frustration kind of went away after I wrote that note. The second thing that happened, which really kind of catalyzed a lot of what I do today, was two years later, uh, I'm at my college dorm room at Gonzaga University in Washington State, and I get this call out of nowhere. And I answer the phone, and the woman on the other line says, is this Cutco John? <laughs> and I say, yeah, that, that's what I went by back then. And, and uh, I said, yeah, who's this? And she says, well, this is Cynthia. I don't know if you remember me, but I tried to buy some knives from you several years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course I remember you, Cynthia. Like, How are you doing? She says, well, I'm doing a lot better now and I'm ready to place my order if, you're, if I can still do that through you. And I was like, yeah, of course. What do you want? And so Jeff, she goes on to list practically our entire catalog uh, over the phone. And she was going to buy an order that was about quadruple the size from when I originally met her. And I was really confused and blown away. Like, why is this happening right now? And what Cynthia asked me, she said, you know, John, do you know why I'm calling you right now? I said, I have no idea. She says, well, because all those years ago when I had to cancel my order, what I couldn't tell you is that I had just found out I was extremely sick. Uh, so sick that I actually had to leave my job. So sick that my kids who had just moved out of the house to be independent had to move back in to take care of me. And while I really didn't want to cancel my order, I just had to because I just, I just needed to in the moment. And when I got your letter in the mail, I just saw that you viewed me as a human being more than just a customer. And I told myself that when I get healthy, 
I'm going to call this kid. I'm going to buy every dang knife he's selling. <laughs> and, it, and that's what she did. And it was this really kind of crazy moment. Because again, I didn't really write thank you cards much in the past. But I, in that moment, I just really saw that value of appreciating people for who they are, regardless of you know if they buy something from me or, just, or, or anything, just really valuing human beings. And that kind of catalyzed me to this idea that, you know, being appreciative and saying thank you to people can have a tremendous impact. And that kind of started this thread of consciousness. You know, I picked up a copy of your guys' book in 2015. And uh, I was at that time in my life, I became a, a gratitude salesman. I was, I was working in the corporate gifting world. So I would sell business uh, gifts to businesses, companies. And I, I, I saw this great TED talk. I'm sure you've seen it. It's called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, you know, having a big vision and a big purpose and what's your why. You know, and I didn't have one. And I was just like this struggling salesman trying to figure out the next step for me. And I was married and I had, you know, one child, I had another one on the way, and and just life was really stressful. So I wanted to find a way to have a big why for my life. And so I thought, well, what if our our vision and mission was about elevating gratitude on the planet? And I came up with the number of, of 74 million people, right? Could we affect 74 million people with gratitude, which is effectively 1% of the world's population? And I thought, yeah, like that would be, that would be such an exciting goal that I could, I could get behind. But then I thought about it, and there's this great quote that, uh, by Ralph Waldo Emerson, which is, uh, um, excuse me, I cannot hear what you were saying because who you are speaks so loudly. And I just thought, you know, you know, I'm this guy who says he's all about gratitude, for my clients and for my business, but how do I embody it myself? So I just really thought, like, how can I find a way, like, the, with the whole one thing concept? And I was reading the book at the time. You know, what's that one domino I could do now that would allow me to embody gratitude at a high level, so that I can be an influence in the world for gratitude? And that, and that's where really where the concept of the project started. And I remember that moment of giving Cynthia that thank you card, and I just thought, well, what if that's what I did? I just made a commitment to have a habit every single day to say thank you to somebody. And uh, I had a coach I worked with at the time and there's rules that came into the project and he helped me kind of highlight and, and get clear about what we were going to do for a year. But that's how it started and it really kind of blew up from there. So I, I'm very curious about this because about a week and a half ago, I started a 66-day challenge. You know, the FM Alexander's people do not decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. And I've realized that there is a ceiling over my achievement professionally and personally because I don't do a great job of verbalizing my appreciation and gratitude for others. I do it entrepreneurially. I don't do it purposefully or habitually. And so the one thing I wanted to turn into a habit was to say to, like a sincere thank you to just one person a day when I naturally wouldn't have. And in the last week and a half, I've already fallen off the wagon, completely fallen off. And, and lost the momentum, which is bound to happen, by the way, when you <laughs> go on multiple 66-day challenges over time. I'm curious for you, what did that lead domino really look like at the beginning? Yeah, it's a great question because um, what I wanted to... Because I'm big on habits as well. There's a great book out there called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've heard of that. And he has something called a keystone habit, which a keystone habit is a habit that when you implement it, has a multiplying ripple effect in other habits of your life, having like this this windfall of positive impact. And he talks about working out. You know, if you work out, well, because you work out, you need to drink more water, right? And because you're drinking more water, you're healthier. But because you're also working out, you wind up getting more rest at night because you're you've exercised your body, so you need more sleep. So just naturally, there's all these positive benefits from that one habit. So for me, with gratitude, I just thought, you know, okay, thank you cards. I've seen the impact. I felt. 
I felt the impact in my life and I've seen how it affects others. So what if that was the habit? So I wanted to find... So like that, that's where rules were had to come into play. So um, the question number one was, how many cards are you going to write every day for a year? And I thought, well, okay, I could write one card a day. But to me, like I don't think that would be very inspiring uh, to other people. I think there's a lot of people in the world who do that. And I thought, well, what if I wrote 10 cards every day? And then I thought, well, I don't think they'd be very good. I don't think they'd be very authentic. Like you talked about having an authentic thank you to somebody. So then I thought I thought about five and I thought, you know, five, it was that Goldilocks moment, right? Like it just felt right. Like five <laughs> felt like a good number to go after. And so that's what I started. So the rules that came into play were I, I would handwrite five cards every single day for 365 consecutive days. The cards had to be handwritten, right? That was the second rule that cards had to be handwritten. It couldn't be a text or an email or a video message, which I don't think are bad, by the way. I think they're still good. But for me, I wanted to have something I could track, right? One thing to focus on. So the, the thank you cards. Um, I could write a max of three cards per person. And that was to challenge myself to really look for the good in every day, like finding people to appreciate. That way I wouldn't wind up writing 75 thank you cards to my wife, right? Because that would get (laughs) pretty annoying. I really appreciate dinner last night. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, And then the... Um, the cards had to be written every day. Every day reset at zero. So meaning I couldn't do 35 thank you cards on Sunday. The every five, every day reset at zero. And the final rule is the one that kind of surprises people, which is for any and every day I miss, I would donate $1,000 to charity. Pause. And, what? Yeah. How did you come up with that? So the um, the way that that rule... So the the final rule came up because I had a coach I worked with at the time. And his question to me was about accountability, right? I know that's what you guys... Mm-hmm. It's important with the one thing. How do you make sure you're going to follow through? So he said, what happens if you miss a day? Like, I love that you're excited about this, but how do we make sure you follow through? And I said, well, tell you what, if I miss a day, I'll donate $100 to charity, right? And I was all excited about that. And he said, add a zero. And I was like, add a zero? Like, why the hell would I... Why would I add a zero to that? That's a thousand dollars that you want me to give away a thousand dollars every day I miss. He's like, "Well, I don't want you to have to give away any money, but let me ask you this: If you are how how likely is it throughout this year you're going to donate a hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars to a charity?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, and that's part of our tithing process. That's what we do." So he's like, "Well, how likely is it you're going to miss a day if, if what's at stake is a thousand dollars?" And I said, "None." He's like, "All right," and add the zero. And so that was my my forced accountability that that's what was at stake every single day, every day for an entire year. So let's fast forward to the end of the year. How much how much how much money did you donate? None. You didn't miss a single day. Nope. Five notes a day, every day. And it's not like you could batch them and do 35 on Sunday because you want to get it done for the week. Yep. So let's let's talk about how you have to manage your time. Because this is where... Uh, <laughs> I, I And this is very relevant for me over the last week and a half. Because even though I started my 66-day challenge and got three or four days in and did it every single day, I realized the days that I missed, uh, two things were lacking. One, I didn't proactively identify who I wanted to thank and I didn't have it time blocked. Yeah. So that, that's a great question because there's a few there's two things that come into play. If you notice, like in the in the whole setup of this, it wasn't like one day I decided, hey, I'm just going to write five thank you cards every day for a year, right? It, it, what people didn't hear necessarily is there was about a two week time frame from the idea of this whole concept to working with my coach, making the plans, setting the rules in place, and having the accountability that by the time I said, okay, 
day one is October 10th, 2016, I was fully committed. Mm-hmm. And I think that any, I think anybody can have that, can have success with a commitment if they take the time to get really clear about the rules of winning the game. Like what game are you playing? Number one, what are the rules of that game and how do you win? And so that I was very clear, right? I had a hand write five every day and uh, couldn't miss a day, max of three per person and a thousand bucks at stake every day. So, I mean, it was very clear for me how I won or lost every day. And um, the second part that was behind that, that I think helped stay on track was the the background mission inside of it was to explore my capacity to experience and express gratitude, right? Like I had a really profound experience all these years ago, but I wanted to really... Dis- like I wanted this to be a discovery type of experience, not just... You know, and for people who, you know, if you read the book, there, the, um, I put pictures of the cards that I would write people. Um, and because they were pretty long, it wasn't just like, hey, thank you so much for, you know, coffee the other day, right? It was like, hey, I was really reflecting on our experience we had at coffee. And I loved how much you share with me about the story with your children and, and how committed you are to changing your work lifestyle just to do that. It shows me you're such a leader as a husband, as a dad. So grateful to have you in my life. And if there's anything I can do to support you on your mission, please let me know. Right, like that is a different card to receive than just like, "Hey, thanks for taking me to coffee the other day." Yeah, and and, and, and you mentioned your you mentioned the book, but what book are you referring to? Yeah, so um, what happened was uh, the this experience had crazy stories, like so many unexpected experiences with people, with complete strangers. Writing them thank you cards had a profound impact on me. That I just, I wrote a book about it, so it's it's called the Mister Thank You Project. You can buy it on Amazon, but uh, it, that's where I just try to capture as many of these stories because there were so many unique things that, I mean, honestly, Jeff, they were they were life changing, which I think is mm. a, a big key with having a habit, right? Is that it's not just having a habit to just do something more, but it's to become something more. Mm. It's to it's to do something that changes who you are at your core because you have to go through it, and I, and that's and that's really the transformative power of a habit. Yeah. Well, again, when we go back to the purpose of a goal altogether. It's not to achieve a result. It's to be appropriate in the moment. Based on the goal, the result that you do want, you have to ask, who's the person I have to become? And once you identify what that type of person is, it's, okay, well, if people don't decide their futures, they decide their habits and their habits decide their futures, what's the habit I can form that would turn me into that type of person? So that I would be appropriate in the moment. Absolutely. So before we, I would love to hear some some of the crazy stories. I, before we do, I want to I want to get really clear on what you had to do in terms of managing your time because the stakes yeah. are high. It's a thousand bucks a day. <laughs> Writing five thank you notes a day, the way that you just scripted it out, that's not insignificant. Did you start to find that there were certain times a day that were best for this? What are the things that uh, stopped you, that, that really threatened to stop you from accomplishing your goal for that day? Talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, uh, this is that's a great question because one of the things that I think people miss on the component of accountability and commitment is making sure that they have the support around them. So mm. this is I didn't start the year and tell everybody okay, this is what I'm doing for the year and like post it on Facebook because people do that. Like you see them take a photo at the gym and like three days in a row they do that and then you don't see it for a week and then a couple of weeks and then they're back to normal, right? Yeah. So I, I really didn't want to be public. I wanted to let the people who are closest to me know. So like my coach that I work with, he I was accountable to him and I wanted my wife to know because it was going to impact our family. I didn't know how because I didn't know how long this was going to take. There's so many variables 
that I didn't learn until later, right? So number one, Jeff, it took me an average of an hour and a half per day to write these cards because I wanted them to be meaningful. And so I would try to, if I could, like thrift. I didn't do it first thing. It just didn't work for me that way. I, I, I tried a few times, but I, I just couldn't do it. It just wasn't, I wasn't consistent with it. I would try to knock out three, three of them before I was done with work, right? So I typically try to be done by five. So I would write them to a client here or there. I'd have a great phone call with somebody. I'd send it that way. If I had lunch with somebody, I'd send it that way. Um, and I would try to, to get all of them done when I would come home after everyone went to bed. So that, that was my ideal time when just no one was awake. And that, that's how I typically finished it. Sometimes I wound up doing all five of them before I went to bed. Um, but that's, uh, that's kind of how I time blocked it. It wasn't the same consistent every single day, but it was, it was going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, What did you find were some of the biggest distractions that threatened to stop you from accomplishing it? You know, here's an interesting thing, and this is where I feel some of the growth happened. Was how do you be grateful when you don't want to be? <laughs> and I'll give you a story as an example. So I had this experience of just a really terrible day out in the field. So out meeting with clients, and you know, just didn't work out well. Right? Client canceled the meeting. Uh, decided to drive home. Wind up being in bumper to bumper traffic. And I'm getting home early so I can work on my thank you cards and like have dinner with my family. Now, usually I would text my wife and say, Hey, I'm coming home early. Now, at this time, we had a, a, a two month old and then a, a two year old at our house. So I come home and I put the key in the door and immediately our dog barks, right? And then when I open the door, one of our sons, the two year old, starts screaming because he was in a nap. And then my wife is nursing the other child who's about asleep. And then he wakes up and he's screaming. So now I've got a barking dog, two screaming children. And then my wife's staring at me with laser beams coming out of her eyes. Like, why are you home right now? Right? <laughs> like, and I, I was like, okay, I got to go write thank you cards now. Right? Like on top of having a terrible day and then feeling like I ruined my wife's life. Right? So I, I, Jeff, I went up to my office and I sat down. I grabbed some stationery out and I... I thought of who I wanted to write my cards to, which was some business associates from you know way back when. And I couldn't do it. I, I literally could not get myself into a grateful state. I just couldn't write words that were authentic with the, with the value. And I was just so emotional, so caught up that literally the only thing I could think of was just an emotional management strategy, which was I turned the lights off in my office, I laid on the ground, and I processed the day. And I let all the emotions come up and all the thoughts and all the, the fears and everything. And I just, I just sat there or just lay there and just let everything kind of drizzle down to the bottom like they do with a snow globe, right? When people are in emotional states, it's like shaking up a snow globe. They're all, all over the place. But it's in that silence and in that pausing that things start to settle down and we can see clearly. And then I stood up, I grabbed my journal, and I wrote some notes about what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what I was afraid of. Did I ruin my... Is, am I not going to be successful in business because I had this bad day? No, I'm going to be fine. Did I ruin my wife's life? Are we going to get a divorce now? Of course not. You know, you got her upset, but she'll be fine. Okay, great. Well, what's important now? And then I just got really focused and I thought about the people I cared about and I wrote the most amazing letters in about half the time it normally took. <laughs> and I say this because what was there was the commitment preceded the emotions. Meaning like I, I was willing to go through the emotional pain and the processing to get to the state I needed to be. And that was one of the challenges and the thoughts in the background was, can I live every day with a grateful heart? And what I learned is it's hard to live all day like that, but I can get myself into that state. And that is a powerful tool. Mm. 
to know how to move yourself through an emotional process to get to the other side because you know that's what you're committed to and that's the, where the value lays. And it's like in that in the commit in the commitment that's like the crucible of learning. That's where the learning comes from. When you have to go through the pain of I don't want to do this, but I'm committed. Well, I'm going to do this. Well, I don't know how to do this. Well, that you can't get out of this now. Figure it out. Okay. What do I know? I'm not in a good state. I want to be grateful. Okay. How do, what do I know? Okay. Well, I'm just really upset. What do I know? Okay. Meditation practice, right? Lay on the ground, process, take some time. And so it just kind of forced me to be responsible for my commitments. Yeah. I love that. And the, the parallel that I will, will draw is how many of you have ever been moving through your days where things just get crazy? Things are popping up. There are fires everywhere. There's chaos. Your, your email box just keeps building. People are constantly distracting you. Every time you feel like you're about to get into the zone, somebody's pulling you out of it. And you just feel like the day is a loss. What I'm hearing you say, John, is it's in those moments that it's not just, okay, let's just close email and let's just do their one thing. I heard you say, you found a space you could just pause. You could just breathe. You could process. You could let your snow globe settle down. And in that, you could ask the question, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? Identifying that lead domino, getting up and whacking away at it until it falls. Before we dive into some of the, the cool stories that you have, John, I want to ask you who's listening to this. Based on everything you've heard so far, what is that keystone habit that you're currently missing? That if you formed it, not only would it just make everything else easier and necessary, but it would start to have this halo effect where it shines down in other areas of your life. And if you're not in the middle of a 66-day challenge, when would be a good time for you to begin that? If you have no idea what a 66-day challenge is or you're looking, you're, you want a little bit of a basic understanding of it, if you go to the onething.com, that's with the number one in the URL, visit the training page. You will see we have a basics course on uh, how to kickstart a power habit with a 66-day challenge. It's free. It's less than 15 minutes. It'll give you all the information you need to get started. Go to the onething.com, click on the training page, and you can start there. And you can also, by the way, for those of you who you keep hearing John coming back to this idea of a coach... Uh, you can learn about one thing coaching there as well and explore if it's a fit for you. So John, share share some of the stories that have come out of you writing these thank you notes every single day. Yes. The, the, the day that always stands out for me was day three of the project. So you know, one of the interesting challenges people ask is, well, who do you write these cards to, right? Five cards. And if you haven't done the math yet, so five thank you cards times 365 days is 1,825 letters of appreciation. Now, I had started this by writing a list of, of everyone I could think of that I knew I wanted to thank on the front end. So like my family, my friends, my you know past mentors, coaches, leaders, managers. And I had a list of 350 people. Well, it's still very different than 1,825. So I, I, I tried to leave as much of the day open to really being receptive to who do I want to appreciate. And I was boarding a plane from, at that time, Los Angeles to Philadelphia for something called the Front Row Dads Retreat, which I know you're, you're actually involved in them. So this, this is yep. one of the... This was the first event the Front Row Dads had ever uh, hosted. And, and if you don't know what that group is, it's a group of entrepreneurial men who get together twice a year to learn how to become better husbands to our wives and fathers to our children while we run our businesses. And this was the first event. And I was boarding the plane and I was thinking about, well, who do I want to appreciate today? And 
I thought about the pilots. I was like, you know, I fly all the time. And I, I always pray for safe travel. To date, they've 100% delivered. Right? So I'm grateful <laughs> for that. I, and I've never taken the time to appropriately thank them for what they've done. And so I, I realized, okay, that's who I'm going to thank. So I board the plane. And then I asked the flight attendant for the pilot's names. And which I then learned is a very awkward question to ask a flight attendant because they're like, why do you need that? And I had explained, I was going to write a thank you card and she was cool with it after that. But so I got the names of the pilots and I sit down and a really interesting question came up, which is, you know, I'm sitting down, I've got these thank you cards open. How do you say thank you to a complete stranger? Hmm. How, how do you appreciate someone that you don't even know? And there's a great, what I learned in the whole studying of this concept of gratitude and appreciation is that the, the word appreciate has the Latin, the Latin root of that word is a pretiare, which uh, means in, in Latin to appraise or to set the value of a thing, right? So if anyone here, if, like, if you've ever sold a house or a property, one of the first things you do before you can sell it... Appraisal. You, an appraisal. You have someone come out and they've got their list of questions and they look at the roof, they look at the walls, the water heater, the neighborhood, and they give you a... a, a, an, a a piece of paper that says, I believe this property to be worth this much. So then how do you apply that to a human being? And what I learned, Jeff, is that you just become curious. Like, who, who is this person? You know, what do they care about? What are their values? What are their biggest goals? What do they struggle with the most? And I thought about that. And, and this is the letter that came out. And I said, uh, you know, dear pilot, I know it might seem strange to receive a card from a passenger, but as I was boarding the plane today, I realized how much I missed my family. And then I realized this is what you do every day for your job. I can't imagine how many birthdays, anniversaries, special get-togethers you have missed because of us, the passengers. I mean, you've probably been wanting to do this job since you were a little kid because nobody becomes a pilot by accident. And all that to have some challenging weather and maybe a rough landing and then have people complain about it. So whether you hear it enough or not, I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself and everybody on this plane. And I put that into an envelope and I wrote two of those cards and, and I was getting off the plane and I handed it to each of the pilots. And then I, it was a two legs, two legs of that flight. So I did it again on the next flight. So I, did, I basically gave out four thank you cards to pilots. And what was unique about this scenario, and I don't normally do this, but they, it was my business stationery. So it had my name, my email, my phone number printed on it already. I couldn't take it off. And th Jeff, this is what was crazy. In, within 24 hours, three out of those four pilots personally contacted me via email or text message to say thank you for the card that they received. Hmm. And one went on to say, you know, John, in my 12 years of flying, I have never received a thank you card from a passenger. So thank you. And that just blew me away, man. Because I'm like, how is that possible? There's like, you know, these people have such big, such significant, such important jobs and nobody is taking the time to thank them. And I thought, man, if that's what it's the case for these guys, what about everybody else in their lives, in their jobs, in their marriages? Like there's a real value here. So we land in Philadelphia and I go to the first day of the Front Row Dads Retreat. We have a great time at that, at that event. It was the first one. So we had about 35-ish guys at the event. And after the first day, we're like, hey, let's all go out to a bar slash restaurant. The World Series is playing. Like, let's watch it and hang out and just in fellowship because we had never, most of us had never met yet. So we sit down, we're, we, we walk around downtown Philadelphia. We find this hole in the wall bar. We walk in 
the all the the regulars were sitting at the bar stopped and looked at us simultaneously like we were a spectacle because we were we had no reservations we weren't supposed to be there and the one waitress one waitress that was there looked at us and she didn't have to say anything but you could tell on her face it was just like oh y'all just ruined my night right like you know she's probably getting ready to go home early because it was a slow night but we were going to keep her there all night so her name was Shantae by the way so Shantae seats us uh, in our own separate room so we don't bother everyone else uh, and she winds up doing an ama- amazing job. She really warms up to us, uh, cracking jokes, having a great time. She took all of our food orders, all of her drink orders by herself and got everything correct. I mean, I was blown away. Probably the best waitress I've ever seen. And I realized, I'm like, okay, she's my number five. She's my final card for the day. So I grab some stationery, which I keep at me with me at all times at that point. And I write a simple note that essentially says, Dear Shantae, uh, I just want to say thank you for the amazing evening you helped create tonight. Uh, we're here. We're here for an entrepreneurial men's retreat to learn how to become better husbands to our wives and fathers to our children while running our businesses. And tonight was all about fellowship and getting to know each other. And we know we showed up with no reservation, and you could have given us terrible service or even turned us away, but you didn't. In fact, you were outstanding, one of the best servers I've ever had, and. I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself and everybody in our group because you made tonight special. Signed, John Israel and the Front Row Dads. So I put the letter in the envelope and I walk over to Shantae. She's kind of standing in the corner of the bar or the restaurant at that time and cashing out her tips. And I hand her the thank you card and she accepts it awkwardly as most strangers do when I hand them a thank you card. (laughs) (laughs) And I start to walk away and I'm like, I need to go to the restroom first. So I I make a U-turn. I go back into the bathroom. And I come out and and Shantae's standing there, like waiting for me. She's got this big grin on her face. And she just runs at me and gives me the biggest bear hug of my life and says, that is the best tip that I have ever been given. Hmm. And then she set me down. Uh, it was a big hug. And uh, we just sat there and just looked at each other in the eyes, maybe for only three seconds. And it wasn't customer server. It was, it was human being and human being. And that's where I really saw the value of this whole Mr. Thank You project. It wasn't about writing a lot of cards. It was about learning and understanding one of the deepest human needs that is unexpressed. Meaning people won't tell you they want this, but it's deep down inside. Which is to be seen and seen for their greatness rather than their weakness. Because it, you know, there's something called a uh, negative bias. It's a psychological term that as human beings, we're naturally prone to notice what's wrong with a situation than what's right. And that serves us in challenging situations where we need to like fight or flight, right? But in regular everyday life, it doesn't really serve us in the concept of relationships. So when you shift the habit to looking for what's good, what's great, what's right, what's beautiful with a human being, and then you take the time to tell them, it like their soul uplifts. And they become the best version of themselves. And I saw that so many times writing these letters to people. And that that was only day three. Like you can imagine 362 more days of this. And they weren't always as profound as that day, but that was a very telling day. That day when I was done and I walked to the hotel in the cold Philadelphia night, I was just like in tears. I was like, I... Any moment for me, Jeff, that was doubting I might be able to finish this, like the fear of can I find this many people to appreciate? I was like, not can I, but I have to. I, there, this is such a need in the world uh, that I got to do this every single day for this year. Yeah. And that's, that's what kicked it off, man. 
I, I love it, man. What would you suggest to somebody that if they're going, okay, I, I love this, I want to do this, and they want to begin their own 66-day challenge around expressing gratitude, what advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I recommend to people, because I, yeah, I speak at a lot of conferences now and in, in sharing the story, because now that we've surpassed this whole, I did it for a year, right? I wrote the book about it. Now I'm fortunate to get to you know speak on stages. And yeah, that's how kind of we met is I, I met uh, Jay Papasan at TED. And I meet people and after they hear the story, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to write five cards every day for a year. And they're surprised by, by my reaction because I say, don't. <laughs> like, don't do it. It's really hard. You've got to be super committed at a high, high level to do it. And but I was like, and you know what I've learned is you can get just as much value if you committed to doing one a day. Mm-hmm. And one a day every day for 30 days, 60. I know you guys are big on the 66 days. So uh, I, I I actually have a challenge. Can I give a challenge away to the yeah, to go for it. Okay. So if you go to Mr. Thank you.com, that's MR, Mr. Thank you.com slash 30. You can download a 30-day challenge. And here's what you'll do. You'll print it out and then cross off 30 and then just write 66. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the same concept because the whole concept is when you just understand this, the simple process, I give you examples of like, you know, these are cards that I've written. So like, here's the language I used and here's what to think. Like, because there's different types of cards. It wasn't always thank you. Sometimes it was, I love you. Sometimes it was, I'm sorry. Sometimes is like this is you know what's great about you as a human being and and just a big acknowledgement right so there's a lot of different types of letters and communication you can give to people so I would say pick a number that's small and manageable that you could do and commit to and just and make a sixty sixty challenge out of it and uh, just notice how you feel and that's a big thing that um, you know I know we're friends with Hal Elrod and and uh, he gave me this health challenge one time where he was he's big on eating vegetarian, raw, vegan type stuff. And he said, just do this. Take, Just eat one raw vegetable a day and then just notice how you feel after. And every food you eat, just set a 15-minute timer. And then when it goes off, ask yourself, how do I feel? And then you'll start to notice the association of how you feel based on what you just did and what Mm. you just put in your body. So I would say the same thing with gratitude. If you took a moment to just write a card to somebody every day and just thanking them, and it could be a client, it could be a friend or family member, it could be anybody, a complete stranger, and just notice how you start to feel. And then if it serves you, then keep it up. Yeah, and You'll have days where it's not level 10, like some of the crazy stories I shared. But here's the crazy thing. Some of, with this whole gratitude concept, it comes back so much deeper and further and later. Because sometimes I'll write a card to somebody, I like forget about it. And then they call me back like a month or two months later. And they're like, Oh my gosh, man, you don't even know how much that meant to me. It was a perfect time. And this, it, it, you never know. And so start with one card every day and and pick a number of days. So 66 is a great challenge. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, folks, with all episodes, we love and honor the fact that you're here and you invested your time listening to this. And you know the greatest results will come when you put it into action. So out of everything you've heard in this episode, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary? Get clear on that one thing. Then open up your planner or your digital calendar. Time block that one thing so you know when you're going to get it done. And when that time block is here, protect it and get your one thing done. It starts there. John, where can people learn more about you? Yeah, so best way to find me is mrthankyou.com. So mrthankyou.com. And then my handle pretty much everywhere, Facebook, Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter is at the Mr. Thank You. So that's it. Love it. Love it. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with John Israel. Out of everything you heard in this episode, what's the one thing you can imagine forming a habit around? Whether you adopt a daily ritual to list what you're grateful for or write consistent thank you notes for the people who impact your life, a keystone habit of gratitude can become as second nature as breathing. When thoughtful, formally expressed gratitude is instinctive, you're more likely to share it with everyone you meet. You can turn one small act of gratitude into a daily habit that'll focus you and build your resilience for whatever's to come. We invite you to join our Living Your One Thing community today so that you can get the support of other gratitude-minded leaders and form a habit with them. Our next 66-day challenge kicks off in just a few weeks on July 29th. Don't miss the opportunity to form a gratitude habit that could transform your life and those around you. You can learn more by going to theonething.com slash habits. If this episode has brought value to you, we want to issue a challenge. Think of one person you want to express some gratitude today. Send them a text. Tell them how grateful you are for them and consider sharing this episode with them as well and ask them to pass it along. And if you're new to the One Thing Podcast, make sure you click that subscribe button so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, will you consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player? It really would mean the world to us and it helps us reach more people and make the impact that we desire to make in this world. Thanks so much for investing your time with us. I'm your host, Jeff Woods, and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.